0: Okay, we are in Sefer Yumiyahu Parak Lamed Dalit Hadavar Hasha Hayah El Yumiyo Me Hashem. it's interesting, very interesting this parrot. We saw for the first part in Lamed Bays, Yumiyohu is sent with a lacerating Navuur to Tsiki Yahu. Where he delivers it in the public square, he excoriates Sichyahu for trying to resist the Babylonians in the Buchatnetzah. Give in. You will go there. You will be back. Stop trying to rebel against uh, Yirmio. Tell the people to surrender. And for his efforts, Sichyahu takes it very personally. And puts them in irons in the stockade in jail. Now, Kaddishbaruch is coming to Yermi Yahu and saying, "Deliver that nevuah again to Tzidki Yahu. This time in private. It's not in the public square. It's not in the marketplace. Deliver it in total privacy." And the Meforsim say the reason for that is fairly obvious. He wants to show Tzidki Yahu his intention wasn't to humiliate him. He doesn't bear him any animus or personal hatred. He's trying to deliver a message from the Kaddish Baruch And this way, if he delivers it privately, no outside ears listening in, maybe it will have more effect. Can I, can I ask the question? Why, why would Hashem go through Yirmiyahu If he wants the message to get to to the king, why doesn't he just give the Nevuah directly to the king? You can't just give Nevuah to well, the Well, the a, king? A, a Hashem can do it, whatever he wants. He I mean, if he wants it to be effective. Yeah, no, the king may not have the capacity, or, you know, he said, but when, he, he has a respect for your Yahud, you as we're going to see. But it, it Nevuah isn't for everybody. There's just a chosen few for Nevuah. And so he instructs him go again. So, says Lamedalad Pasek Aleph, Hadavar HaSheh HaYoyah Yimiyahu, this was bring to Yirmiyeis HaShem, Unubuch HaNetzar Melef Bavel, Nebuchadnezzar was the king, V'chol Cheilav, all his soldiers, V'chol Mamlachos Eretz Mimsheles Yodo, all the nations that were part of his gigantic empire, V'chol Ho'amim Nilchamim HaYerushalim, and all the other nations, Gathered around Yerushalayim, while Kolareho around its cities lay more. Interesting, in fact, fascinating. Why, who are these other nations? The Malbim calls it exactly, the Chomam Lechos, that the first group are his coalition members who are part of the empire. The Gam Amim Acherim shalohoyu Yutachtov. Ones that were not under his dominion, his and they participated. Yerushalayim to besiege Yerushalayim. Misinas Yisrael calls it straight because of hatred of Israel, because of good old-fashioned anti-Semitism. They want to be part of the wrecking crew. Continues the Navi, Kol Amar Hashem Elokei Yisrael, Holoch fi Amarta al Sikiyo Melech Yehuda, Go and tell Sikiyo, for Amarta I Ko amar Hashem. Thus says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hinini Nosayn Es Ha'ir Hazos Melech Bavel Basorfor Be'esh. Period. I am giving this city into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. He will burn it to the ground. For I you, don't simulate me, Yehuda. You're not going to escape from his hands. Teach our foes, teach our face the double language. You will be caught. Uvi Yehuda Tinasin, given over into his hands. Veinecha esanei melech bavel tivrena. You will see the eyes of the king. Upiu espiro mouth to mouth. You will speak to me. Daber u bavel tava. Because Babylonia is coming. The uh, expression, as we learned before, uh, is a cruel irony because one of the first things that's going to happen to Tzikkiyot is his eyes are going to be gouged out by Nebuchadnezzar. He's not going to see anything. He's not going to see Bovel. He's certainly not going to see Eretz Israel ever again. Moreover, he is going to see before his eyes, t- the death of all his six sons. Nebuchadnezzar will kill them in front of him. But listen to this, says Yahu. says Amar Hashem Lo You have God's assurance. You will not die in the siege of Babel or in the removal to Babel. Shalom Thomas. You will die in peace. Says Yirmiyoh, "You will die in peace." Rashi explains that that he died one day after Nebuchadnezzar. He will outlive Nebuchadnezzar la me Prisoners would never be released while the king was still alive because meis says Rashi, when he died Yotsa He is released, it is a general release of prisoners when the king dies And on the next day he dies, he outlives Nebuchadnezzar by one day And what's most interesting, he is accorded the full rights of a king of Judea. Uh, Like they did for your forefathers, they will burn your personal effects. It was a tradition that the king's personal effects as a mark of respect were burned so that no one could ever use them again. They are going to burn yours with this. They are going to mourn you. You are going to have full honors of a king. They will eulogize you. Because thus I have spoken. So he's telling Tzikkiyahu, yes, you're going to die there. You're going to outlive Nebuchadnezzar. You will be accorded full honors question is why? Tsikyo, we know, it was more likely was the wrong man in the wrong place, but he wasn't evil per se. He did certain good things. The Gemara said the one thing he did, and we're gonna read this, I think, in Lamed Ches, that Yermio, in the worst danger of his life, is thrown into the quicksand, into the mud the people throw him in and he is going to die there. Sikkiyo brings him out. So the Gemara says, just think, this man did one positive command all his life, which is not quite accurate. Just think of the reward he got, how much more so a person that does mitzvahs all his life. He tells him this, again, in total privacy. And there the king of Babel will come, will take Yerushalayim, will burn it to the ground. All the cities are gone except Lachish and um, uh, Azekah. Lachish and Azekah, which were two fortified cities, for hundreds of years they last longer eventually they are destroyed now we are going to switch from this individualized private prophecy to the excoriation of B'nai Israel for not doing a certain mitzvah that they had pledged to do and interestingly it's not the mitzvah you would think we had uh, on their failure to keep Shabbos Nebuos on their failure to remove Avodah Zorah, on their continuation of uh, worshiping different idols. Now we get one on a strange topic, strange in that you wouldn't think this would become such an issue, and that is the freeing of their slaves. We know that Israel, supposedly, even as they get out, of but certainly the latest at Har Sinai, they are told they should not own slaves or Jewish uh, slaves as well, that beyond, they must release them if they have them at the beginning of the seventh year. They they kept them six years. They have got to release them. The theory is obvious. Here B'nai Israel is coming out of 200 years of slavery. Now, it's so improper that they would own slaves and exploit slaves and not let them taste the freedom they're tasting. So yes, the Torah tells you you cannot own slaves. So now, that Sikiyo apparently had made a covenant with the people of Yushalayim. More likely this is before the time of the, like maybe eight years before the prophecy that it's about over the siege of Yushalayim. This was eight years before. Interestingly enough, this is the mafter we read on Shabbos Mishpatim. Mishpatim contains the original commandment, you cannot have slaves beyond that six year period. And so he tells the nation his covenant thecrolehem drawer to proclaim freedom the Sha Abdol send your servant the Isha your handmaiden for if you're Jewish for ifshim, let them go free the Yehudi ish, so that you shall not be slave owners of your fellow jew um. The Malbim against this L'Shalayach, there's two takanos imbued in this one commandment. L'Shalayach ish es avdo chavshim, to send them out free. Avadim sheyutachas v'shusam, below ivdushes shanim, don't even let them go six years. Send them out now. And two, says the Malbim, al asid levilti eved bo ish b'yehudi In Futuro, you are not to own slaves. It's a two-part decree. Uh, continues the navi by Yishu Kho the officers here, and obviously the Mephoshim say the Sarim are really the ones who own the slaves. All the people come together in this covenant to send their servants and their shivkos free. Surprisingly, they respond and they send them out. What's the reason they're so receptive all of a sudden? You will recall that when Nebuchadnezzar makes one of his first sieges, he is called away and distracted by Egypt. In a skirmish with Egypt, and so he leaves, saying, I'll be back. But at the same time, the people of Israel internalize this this must be the miracle they've been waiting for, that they're going to be saved from the Buchanetzah, and so decide, yes, let's go along with this mitzvah. But after that, the Buchanetzah comes back. Egypt is no longer a threat. They are no longer even helping B'nai Yisrael. They return the servants, those that they set free. They enslave them again, exactly as they're not supposed to, as servants and maid servants. Now the Kodesh Baruch Hu tells Yom This was a covenant I made the day I took your forefathers out of Egypt Certainly at Harsinai are saying at the end of seven years, which isn't really at the end of the seven, it's the end of the beginning of the seventh. Send your brother who is a slave out who has been sold to you. And you send them out free. It's interesting that where is the origin of them owning slaves? Most often it was that they became indebted to creditors and the creditors were allowed to foreclose on the debt by selling them as slaves. They didn't listen to me. They don't even extend their ear to hear what I have to say. <coughs> and so... I said to return do what is right in the eyes of the God to proclaim freedom man to his friend and you took this oath in the base which is the house I dwell in. And then you went back on your word. You profaned my name. Those that you sent out, you took back. You completely reneged and took them back. Therefore, call Mar Hashem, Atem lo You did not listen to me to proclaim this liberty, Ishla Achiv, for Ishla to his brother, to his neighbor. Now I'm giving you freedom. It's a sort of sarcastic freedom. Now you are free, no Hashem, to be despoiled, B'la the sword, the devil, the pestilence, the rub, the famine. I will give you over for total destruction to all the nations of the world. That's how severe this violation is. I will take these men. I will take these men. Um, what we're referring to is in those days we learned in Avraham, the covenant was when you split a calf and you walk between the calf, the two halves of the calf, that is the symbol of the acceptance of the covenant. You, did, you disobeyed them by Yahu, even though you went through. Surah Yehuda, as we said, are the most egregious violators of this. They had the uh, slaves the soaring Yerushalayim, hasori sim the officers the koama bain those who pledged themselves to this covenant walking in between the two halves of the of the Egil. They will get it for I will turn them over in their hands of Nasham, those who seek their lives. the We've seen this threat before. they will be left their carcasses on the ground. They will not even get a decent burial plunder for the vultures of the sky and the animals of the field. And I will give over to Yehuda, I'm sorry, Tzikiyo, king of Yehuda, I will give over to the hands of the Babylonians and any other soldiers who seek their lives. They will return, Bovel. In other words, don't be fooled by that immediate distraction. They're coming back. They will come back to the city. They will fight, they will conquer it. They will burn it in fire. And the Yehuda will be desolate to any who see it. One additional point we mentioned that we read this mafter um, in Mishpatim. But strangely enough, that doesn't end the mafta there. We go back a previous chapter, which is most unusual. You sometimes include other chapters in a haftarah, but you never go backwards. And the only reason the mafarsham can think of why we go backwards is because we don't want to end on such a tragic, depressing doomsday note. So we go back to a previous Navi that gives a, a brighter future. And in Mir we will continue with a brighter future at 8.45 a.m. tomorrow at Khan.